I'm a fun you guy. You have fun when they finish below 500. I'm just Captain Fun. I guess. Or a captain suit. The show from now on. I don't like the half point. Well, that's called the hook. I don't like it. What the hook? How do you get rid of it? Can you get rid of the hook? I'm gonna have a coronary. I'm getting too old for this job, but you guys may have won. Upset. If you look back at where the term came from, it was from a horse race. Upset when did you turn a, into Cliff Clavin? I like this job. <laughs> I've had it for a long time, Paul. Last one. This is the chemistry lab. I'm on the verge of next year's Super Bowl. I can't Bowl. help what I think. Be honest, Paulie. You're not doing this for <laughs> other people's entertainment. You are truly enjoying this. This is Orange Nation. With Stephen Fonte and Paulie Sebelia. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us alongside Paulie Sibilia. I'm Stephen Fonte. It's Friday. It's snowing out, but it's Friday. Thanks for the update, Captain Obvious. It uh, took me a little bit longer than normal to get to the show today. Let's yeah, put it that way. It wasn't fun. Uh, we've got two guests lined up for it today. Uh, Jake Pursuti, assistant AD of scouting for Pitt men's basketball, former Cuse guy. He'll be on with us at 12.30 to preview the matchup tomorrow. And then our good friend John Ryan, uh, professional sports better, will be on at 1.30 giving us his best bets heading into the weekend. Plus, we'll mix in your phone calls throughout at 315-437-7644. Jake is a fop. He's a friend of Pauly. Oh, not a friend of the program? Not yet. Has he been on before? I don't know. I don't know. He's a friend of Polly. We'll make him a friend of the program. All right. All all friends of yours are friends of the program by default. Well, you have to be on the program to earn gotcha. it. Gotcha. Yeah, you, know, you just aren't. That's not an honor you're just handed, Steve. Well, he'll get it today. We will We will give him that title today. Friend of the program. I don't know that he will admit that he's a friend of mine either. But <laughs> I think he'd rather be a friend of this program than <laughs> right. a friend of me. Uh, all right, we're going to get into the Jim Beheim show from last night uh, Man, in, a moment, good. in a moment. In a moment, so much. Stuff. I, I know, and we we were texting back and forth that last night. Sounds like there's a lot to get to, and we will get to that. I, I think we have to start today with the women and what they have done because I don't know about you, Paulie, but I I did not expect this. They are they flipped their their uh, record from last year. They were 11 and 18 last year. They're 18 and 11 now. They won last night by 30 against Pittsburgh, who's not very good. I mean, Pitt's at the bottom of the ACC, but they got back to 500 at conference play. They won by 30, and if you uh, if you go by Charlie Cream's latest ESPN bracketology, uh, Syracuse is on the right side barely. of the NCAA tournament bowl. But, uh, right, barely. They're the last team in right now, according to Charlie. But the fact that they are even on the bubble... I think is truly remarkable what Felicia Leggett Jack has done for this program, taking a team that was, I mean, let's be honest, was was brand new. I know Tisha Hyman played last year, and, and they they had four players back, and, and Hyman, of course, the the one that everybody remembers. But it, it was pretty much a brand new roster. Ten new players came in, and an entire new coaching staff, and for her to be able to turn it around this quickly and get them in the NCAA tournament conversation, I think is truly remarkable. Yeah, yeah, and the fact that she was able to get fair to travel with her yeah. from Buffalo. And Several we all, players. Yeah. We were all questioning, well, she yeah. was good at Buffalo. That doesn't right. mean you're good in the ACC. And she's been good in the ACC. Been very good. Yeah. The the last team in's a tough place to be. It means you got work to do still. Because if you don't, you've got to hope every break goes your way when it comes to automatic bids. Right. And, you know, and conference tournaments yeah, and all that. Yes, absolutely. Um you know, you mentioned Fair coming and following her from from Buffalo. Georgia Woolley did as well, and you know Georgia Woolley's been a key piece to the puzzle this year. You're right; they're sitting squarely on the bubble. They're going to be in that eight nine game. It's looking like NC State, a team that beat them earlier in the year, so that is not an easy game to open with at the ACC tournament. But one would 
you know, assume, I guess it's dangerous to assume this time of year, but one would assume that if you win that game, you you would be last four in. You would be in. I mean, right? I mean, you would you would assume you would be in. Yeah, last four in, but you're also still in that you're in other people's hands also because automatic bids also could knock three. Let's put it this out. way. You would feel a lot better yes. if you won that game than if you lost yeah. it. You'd be two resting win, a lot more comfortably. Two wins would put you comfortably yeah. in. Yeah. One would put would you on the bubble. Would probably do it. Yeah, I mean, right. I think one would probably do it, especially get you know we, we talk about in the men's game the ACC has this issue with its reputation right now. No such problem when it comes to the women's game. I mean the ACC is is looked at very highly, and um, and if they're able to win that, and then maybe you know because you're talking about you say win two that would be knocking off the top seed, yeah. which is that that's a tall ask. But just the fact that we're even discussing this yeah. and the women being on the bubble, it's. It's amazing. If they I, if they don't get in, it's still a great season, right? You know they're going to be a one seed in the WNIT probably in that case, right? You know, and there you go. Yeah, I just uh, I don't know. I thought we needed to call attention to that because it's uh, it's been you know a, a remarkable turnaround in a very short period of time for Felicia Leggett Jack in that program, and and you feel like the the future is bright with her leading the way. It shows you the portal works, right? Yeah, you know this isn't like a homegrown team. This is transfer portal bill yeah and and it shows that she's a pretty good coach yeah. too and i think we knew that and thought that um you know there were some questions given her time at indiana if she was you, you know, know it's got to be sustained but what she's done this year has been Im- yeah, crazy has. incredible yes agreed okay with that uh let's move on to to the jim Beheim show from last night so yes. you were there the so, americu jim Beheim show thanks to our friends at learfield so walk us through it what what stood out to you uh, everything. Uh, he was so good last night. Like he was, he just answered every question. You know, it was it was amazing. Where would you like to start? I mean, he talks about his career. He talks about the team. He talks about the transfer portals. He talks about the freshmen. How do you deal with the criticism? That he's getting. He wasn't the the post game press conference Jim Beheim last night. He was. You, you, there's points where you're like, why don't why aren't you like this all the time? Yeah. <laughs> all right, well I'll I'll let you pick. I mean, you were there. What what? Uh, where do you want to start? Well, let's just start with uh, you know the last game. Okay. Uh, let me look at these. I should probably read these beforehand. Cha cha cha. Yeah, let's go with one. Uh, here's uh, the the team. He's talking about the team and how they're strangely a better second half team than they are a first half team. You know, I think Pete Moore showed me one of the most unusual statistics today that I I haven't I thought about it a little bit, but I didn't know, and I don't think anybody knows this. All the people that know everything in the first half of games, everybody's talking about our starts and this. We're actually defensively we're playing the worst defense of all in the first half incredibly so our field goal percentages that we're giving up are extremely high and in the second half it's much better and we're outscoring teams in the second half which is unusual when you're losing yeah it's so it's i think the recurring theme last night was this team's not good defensively and everybody says he's stubborn about the zone. I think he's admitting that it's not the zone. It's we're not good defensively in the zone. Like 
you know, it's he doesn't think it's the zone. He just thinks the team's performing badly. Yeah, playing the zone. Yeah, and and we've seen you know teams obviously opponents come in with a plan and they've been executing that plan. We've seen several examples. You know, Duke, Clemson, Virginia Tech. Um, you know, just to name a few off the top of your head, you know, Virginia does a nice job against the zone. They come in with a plan. They know how to execute against it. And um, and we've seen, you know, to that point about the defense gets better in the second half. That's, you know, adjustments and, and finding certain shooters and, um, you know, maybe the opponent reverting back to the norm a little bit. But, uh, yeah, it has been a, a reoccurring problem throughout the season that you, you dig yourself a hole and then you're, you're playing catch up for most of the game. Yeah, and Bill Call in our chat says, why bring players that can't play the zone to ASU? I don't think this team would be good man-to-man either. I don't think it's a good defensive team. I think they're young and they're learning and they're struggling in points. And you got to hope that they stay and they get better. You know uh, you know what comes up a lot on this show, Steve? You remember at the beginning of the year, preseason press conference, this came up, Coach Beheim said, it, it was an NCAA tournament team. Yeah. Uh, he explained why he said that. You never say, no matter if I thought we were going to win two games, I would never say, if somebody asked me the question, can you be a tournament team? Yeah, absolutely. I didn't say we're going to be. I said we can be. You're always going to answer that in that way. That doesn't mean you're predicting you're in the tournament. That's not a prediction. That's what we can do. And, uh, you know, we've given up a couple games that so we maybe could have won and would have been a lot closer to it. But uh, we knew this would be a, a learning year for these young guys, and they're getting better, but not not quite good enough. I think that's what we've always I, I was going to say, we, we've, been, we've been saying that for the last several months. That yeah. he, of course yeah, he's going to no, answer the stink. question like that. No, we're not going to. And honestly, when you say whether or not they, they could be a tournament team, you know, as you look at how this year has played out, there, there is a path when you say, man, if they didn't lose to Brian and Colgate, um, you know, you look at those close losses they had. They had a two-point loss to Pittsburgh. They had that that stretch where you know Miami, North Carolina, Virginia were all close games. All essentially came down to a possession or two. The resume looks a lot different if you beat Brian and Colgate and maybe you split those other four games that came down to the wire. Now it didn't happen, right? It didn't happen. So, um, and it's it's not going to happen with this team. Yeah. They've got to go out and win the tournament. And you got to hope that, you know, they know that, right? And you got to hope that they're competitive in the next three games, right? You got to hope that it's not in their head that, well, these games don't matter. We got to, you know, hopefully they want to get better and they want to be on a roll heading into the tournament. Right. Yeah. And I mean, you're going to be competitive against Georgia Tech and you would assume Wake Forest as well, given the fact that they're both at home and, you know, Wake Forest. How do you how do you not come out to to play with you know Jerry, Jerry and yeah. Hakeem having their jerseys retired in the 20th anniversary of the you know championship team? And I, I would hope that you would come out ready to play for that. I think the one tomorrow maybe is the question mark, right? Uh, Pitt's got a lot to play for. If Syracuse feels like it doesn't have a lot to play for and is kind of you know sulking and you know. I think they want to prove that they head, can then, beat a good team on right, the road. Right, they've got no quad ones. This would be a quad one. But, yeah, you, you wonder um, if there's a question mark, I think it's about the one tomorrow. Right. And the other thing is, if this team wants to play in the postseason, they got to win games. Yeah. Not just the NCAA tournament. they got to win games if they want to make the NIT. Uh, also came up uh, his record over the past uh, 
10 years. Well, nine years. We, we, we noticed something. Matt Park noticed something last night that everybody keeps saying over the last nine years, coach, and they leave out the 10th year because there was a final four. <laughs> in that one. But he brought up, uh, the fact that they actually want to win regular season games. We had two NIT seasons in a row before, and a lot of, if they took polls, which they don't, and there is no poll today other than <laughs> conjecture, uh, I'm sure that I would have been in trouble back then. Uh, everybody wants to win, everybody wants to go to the NCAA tournament. That's our goal. You know, we'd like to do well in the regular season. But we have been going to the NCAA tournament during those nine years. I don't have the numbers exactly, but we've been to, what, four or five, six NCAA tournaments. One was canceled for COVID. And we had Final Four, a couple Sweet 16s in there. So those years were good. And with that, they weren't as in the regular season. And I agree with that. We want to do well in both. No question about it. But this year we knew would be difficult. And we've these guys, I think we've improved. I think we've played good basketball. We've had some games where we didn't. But I don't think people are happy if we're 16 and 12. I never never thought that. Well, he's right. Yeah, <laughs> he's right. Yeah. It, 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 that's what drives me nuts about people saying this program's rock bottom or sh- in a shambles. It's not. It's not. It's meh right now. It's 500. It's not shambles. It's not rock bottom. It's eh, It's that noise that Coach Beheim makes when he talks. Yeah. <laughs> it's not living up to the standard that, that he set yeah. for, for this program. It's very average right now. And he doesn't want that. You can see he was kind of ticked about it. And someone actually had the guts to call him and say they want to change. Right to his face on the phone, you know, and it, it was good to see it. He, he responded to it. Okay, do we have that one? I don't know. <laughs> he did though. I, I mean, I don't think we want to play a caller, but uh, here he is talking about uh, the last, you know, some here just talking about the past of Syracuse basketball. I think a lot of programs would take that, but I'm not happy with it. I'd like, I'd like to do better, and, and I don't. I don't dispute that in any way, shape, or form. Uh, but anybody that, I mean, this was going to, we, we decided to go with freshmen and build with these young guys. And we could have gone the transfer portal and some older, probably more ready players, but we went this way. And they played well. They've struggled at times, but... We've got the same conference record as North Carolina and the same and a little better record than Virginia Tech. And they have veteran team. And if you're going to do that, right, and he said it was a conscious decision to go young and to go with freshmen. So if you're going to do that, I would I would expect that they have an inkling that most of these guys are going to come back. They want to grow. Yeah, that's the kind of the, the thought I got out of Coach Beheim last night was I brought these young kids in because I want to win with them. I want to grow this team into a winner, and then I want to ride off into the sunset. I want to do it. He wanted one more run with a young group. And it may it may be, he said last night that he might not have come back if they didn't get this recruiting class, you know? And it may be, if they leave, he may leave also, you know? Because he's not going to have the opportunity to coach these kids. But it sounds like he wants them all back, Steve. 
All of them. From Joe to Jesse to Benny. Sounded like you wanted all of them back last night. I'd be curious what our listeners think about that and what fans think about that because I think if you get everybody back, and we've discussed this on the show, that you are set up for success next year right off the bat. Like you are ready to you hit might the ground be run. What everybody wants at the start of the season, right? Ranked, right? <laughs> um, Doesn't matter. Who. But yeah. I know that uh, you know there's a, a faction of the fan base that has has been so soured by the last couple of years that they may not want to admit that. And I don't know. I'm I'm curious what what fans think, what our what our listeners think, because I I think. Having the starting five back next year, I think that would be a very good thing. Yeah. And I think most people think it's a very good thing. I'm not sure everyone agrees with that, though. Um, would love to get your thoughts. We'll, we'll take a time out here. 315-437-7644. Jake Pursuti coming up at 1230. We'll, we'll continue on with this topic next on ESPN Radio. ESPN 97.7 at 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. <laughs> Welcome back to Orange Nation. Artist of the Day, Eric Clapton. Lay down, Sally. There is nothing that is That's the name of the song. I just kind of said that weird. I, I said it like I was telling somebody to, <laughs> to lay down. Yeah. Lay down, Sally. All right. Want to get to the phone? Yeah, I do. Let's go to the phone lines. 315-437-7644. Wayne in the truck is kicking us off on the show today. Hey, Wayne. Hey, guys. So I thought the most interesting clip out of all of them was the first one you played when he was talking about, um, you know, them being a second-half team. And, and for one, I hate how he always thinks we're stupid because we're not coaching basketball. A lot of us watch a lot of basketball, and we know the game quite well. But he says it's a stat that nobody else knows out there. That they're a second half team and they're better in the second half, and he doesn't understand why. And it's clearly, clearly they're a better second half team because he's slow at making his adjustments. He waits till halftime, waits too long to make these adjustments. All right, Wayne, uh, appreciate you checking in. Um, you know, I, I again, we we've said this before that the the opposing team hires coaches to to coach as well. Um, you know, I I think we've seen. Teams get off to fast starts against Syracuse this year, and and they have adjusted, and they have gotten better in the second half. But um, I, you know what? I, I I see what you're saying. I mean, I I don't know what the the issue is, Paulie. I don't know why it keeps happening, but we we've seen it all year long, and it, it has been a recurring problem. He also said last night. I don't know if we've got it, but he also brought up that teams are hitting more threes against them because they're taking more of them. They're they're shooting at a lower percentage, but they're taking more. But it's also like we saw twice in the in the last game where they got four possessions and four of their rebound shots were three pointers. Right. You right. can't do that. You can't. Ah. And, and you again, we we felt like right off the bat that first possession, it was okay. This is this is how it's going. This is how it's going to go today. Uh, yeah, uh, Syracuse uh, opponents are, let's see, tenth in the conference in three point shooting percentage. Um, so that that's not great in terms yeah. of like the the three point shooting defense for Syracuse is tenth in the conference is, yeah. is what is what that stat is saying. Uh, they're giving up thirty four percent makes on three point. How many attempts. shots have been t- taken against uh, them? Two seventy six, which is the most in the conference. 
Uh, oh, that's I'm sorry. That's the mo- that's what's been made. Uh, Eight ten is the mo- so yes, the most it, it, they've given up the most attempts and they've given up the most makes, which makes sense because they're playing zone. So there you go. Uh, 810 threes have been shot against Syracuse. Uh, 276 have gone in for 34. percent They got to get better. Yeah, because it's usually not like this. The past two years, it's been bad defense. Last year it was we felt they were too slow. This year it's they don't know it looks like they don't know what they're doing <laughs> they're doing out there. Yeah, and again it's it was wide open looks against Clemson. It was wide open looks against Virginia Tech. Duke had a lot of open looks. I mean they gave up twenty seven made threes to Duke and uh and to Clemson. Uh let's get another phone call in. We've got uh Tim in Fayetteville up next. Hey Tim. Hey, can you hear me okay? Yeah, yeah. we got you. Yeah, I was just listening to the tail end of it. I was writing it down furiously in my car here that another year, I wonder what another year is really going to change. I mean, is the defense going to get better, and are they going to get stronger physically? I mean, one of the things with the recruiting, I love some of the guys that think he has a criteria. I'm going to recruit someone who's 6'9", 112 pounds. He never seems to get strong guys to rebound, number one. And I love what you guys said at the end there. You know, good shooters, if they get a good look, it doesn't matter if they're another two or three feet off the thing, and they always seem to get good looks because they're moving the ball around. And the last thing, and I'll let you guys go, my, I remember my dad and watching with my, when I was, years from watching my dad, and Bayheim will say, well, we don't match up, we don't match up. And I'm like, you don't match up against Colgate and LeMoyne? You grow up playing man-to-man defense. How can you not at least switch to man-to-man once in a while when they're hitting threes? It's almost insulting to say, that you can't play man-to-man defense, and I'll, I'll, I'll let you guys go. Yeah, um, I, I understand, Tim. I understand the frustration. Um, I don't. Like you know, you know, like it's been how many years has he stopped playing since he stopped playing? Right, right. it's it's not going to change. Like yeah. I, I, I understand Tim's frustration because you like the Virginia Tech game, for instance. It was like practice. Like they they were picking it apart. But Guys were had f- five feet of free space and could you know dribble once and set their feet and I mean wide open threes. So I understand Tim's frustration. Now to your point, he's not going to change. Like that's that's what he does. What's what this team does? He said it on our air yesterday that you know this is the defense that they practice. This is what they do. Um, yeah. But I understand the frustration of it's you know there are certain games where it's clearly. It's he, not their night. He's also recruited the same types of players since he's been here. You know? Hakeem Warwick was, yeah, Hakeem was like Moore, that. He turned out Jeremy pretty good. Jeremy Grant. Right. Like, every forward has been small and skinny. They've just been fast. Yeah. It, it, for some reason, they closed out on shooters a lot better than this. the past two years team has. Right. I do think that there is something to be said for uh, the range of players has been extended you know the centers have been skinny lately. I'll give you that. You know, right? Raheem Christmas was the last one that was a physical presence. I, I do. I, the point I was trying to make was I, I do think you are seeing more and more shooters of opposing teams. Their range has expanded, right? I mean, you would agree with that. I mean, guys can pull up from anywhere these days, and yeah. that always hasn't been the case. Um, so there is there's more room to to close out too. Um, but yeah, I mean he he's recruited that same kind of player since you can remember. Yeah. Let's go to... Let's go to Dom in North Carolina next. Hey, Dom, how are you today? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Thanks we're, for taking my call. We're great. We're great. What's for lunch today? 
Um, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm going home. Right. I deliver my own mail, so it's nice. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> More options at home. So, yeah, what do you got? Yes, yes. So um, I, I just want to uh, give my opinion on whether or not I want to see Jim finish with this team or not. Um, I'd like to see him finish. Um, and Now, you guys know me from just calling and, and Twitter and everything. I didn't grow up in Syracuse, so I think I have a different uh, view of Jim. He's like, to me, like Riley was with the Knicks. Like, he's like super, uber famous to me. So, I, and I also live in North Carolina, and he, he is really well-respected, guys, by Tarleo fans, Duke fans. And um, I've met when Terry Holland was the AD here, the guy told me at a Meet the Pirates day with a football team, he saw me wearing a Syracuse shirt, that Jim Beheim to him is one of the five best college coaches in the history of college basketball. And Steve Rocaforte, who's the assistant coach when he was here at ECU, is at A&M now, told me the same thing. He goes, you guys are going to miss Jim. You won't know it until he is gone, how good of a coach he is. And he said, then he said, that's not to say anything bad about Jerry or Red. They're just, they haven't been head coaches yet. And, I, I I just I think that he deserves to go when he's ready to go. I want to see him go when he's ready. No regrets. It, it, Syracuse is not like a professional team where you have investors that you have to answer to. Um, he's given a lot to the, the college, from what I've been told from from my family that that lived in Syracuse, and especially more the community. And he is he should go when he wants to, and that's what I would like to see as a fan. All right, all right, Tom. I, I appreciate you checking in and uh, sharing your thoughts. Hope you have a great weekend. And, and there, there are there's some fans on that side, and, and certainly some fans on the other side too, Paul. Someone also called in the other day, and like there's there's a group of people that don't realize that you know it was a weird thing to hear, but it's kind of true. A caller last night said, you know, people might not know where Syracuse, New York, was if it wasn't for Jim Beheim, right? You know. Put him on the map, literally. Yeah. Right. And two two years, one losing season. Maybe you're hoping you don't have another one this year, but a 500 year guy guy can try and get through it. Can he stay here forever? No, but he's earned the right to try and win with the guys he recruited. Yeah. And if he wants to leave tomorrow, he's more than willing. You know, welcome to it. You know, like he's earned the right to do this. Right. And my guess is, is if you get a lot of these guys back, yeah, I, I tend to think they are going to win next year. And the reason they're back is, you know, at a majority of the chat thinks everybody hates them on the team, right? You know, if they're not back, then maybe he leaves because it's not the roster he wanted. But who knows? We'll, uh, we'll all find out together. Uh, do you want to keep your good friend Jake no, waiting? We got to get to Jake. Yeah. So we'll take a timeout. I know there's some people on hold. Please call back after our interview. We'll continue this conversation. Jake Pursuti joins us next on ESPN Radio. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. <laughs> after midnight, we're going to let it all hang out, Steve. I don't think I've been up after midnight in 20 years. <laughs> really? Yeah, after midnight sounds horrible right now. <laughs> when I was like 30, I was, hey, let's go after midnight. Now, after midnight, I'm uh, I'm asleep. I cannot say the same for me. Well, you work it. I do. But yeah, after midnight, nothing good happens. 
Nothing good happens after midnight, kids. That's your poly uh, lesson of the day. Do not let it all hang out after midnight. Just go to bed. Want to play the match game with me, Steve? Yeah, I think we have. We may have a a contestant. Oh, great! That'll give me time to you to uh, match game music ten minute version. Right, this is the extended version, which isn't really extended at all. It's just looped. Ten minute theme. How did? How have you not saved it? You have to YouTube it every time. Yeah, come on, man. Just save it. Oh, Matt in Syracuse wants to play the match game with us. I'm not. I, I'm not saving it. Why? We We've use only it. We use this it? for one more week, and then we're never doing match game ever yeah, again. Next, That's kind of sad. We'll do it for the. What are we gonna match? Spring training games, match game. Maybe we'll do a tournament match game. I can't go six months without match game. I'm glad that you like this. All right, let's bring on Matt in Syracuse. Matt, how are you today? I'm good. How are you guys? We're we're great. We're great. All right, the first question in match game is the same every time. Blank will be the leading scorer for the Orange. Matt, what do you think? Judah, man. I think that's obvious. Oh, he thinks it's obvious. Judah, that's not what I was thinking. Judah did lead them... Uh, with 24 points uh, in the first meeting against Pittsburgh, I- I'll say Joe. Uh, Joe wasn't great in the last one. I'll uh, I'll go bounce back game for Gerard. I'll go bounce back game for Jesse Edwards. So, oh, nice! I didn't even have to hit it. All right, Syracuse will get blank points from the three spot. So the small forward will score how many points? Uh, so we're gonna go Bell. Bell will have six. And then Malik, well, Taylor. Malik, uh, I'd go Taylor and C- Copeland. Oh, Taylor, Taylor will have six too, so they'll have twelve combined. Twelve. Um, that would be ideal. That would be ideal. Um, I, I had, I had six in my mind, but I, I, I didn't realize we were adding up all the points. I was no, thinking from the three spot. from all from everybody who plays the three. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I think Matt's about right. I'll, I'll say, I'll say ten. I was going to say six. He, he answered so quickly, I didn't have my answer But by the time he answered. So. Sorry about that. No, no. That was a, that was a quick answer by you. I think, I think you're spot on, though. I think, hopefully, it's right around that number. I, yeah, because you've seen that a lot. They're all of a sudden <laughs> going to break out. Jesse Edwards will score blank points. 14. His jersey number. I got him at uh, 16. I was got him at 18. Wow. Benny Williams will score blank points. Two points. Wow. We got a match. I got two points. I had him at eight, but... You had him at eight? Yeah. I don't believe what I just saw. He's got no conscience. (laughs) He's just going to go out shooting, right? Maybe. Uh, I'm curious. Benny Williams has not seen a shot he doesn't like. Uh, Okay. Yeah, I mean, prior to the last game, he hadn't scored... That many points since the Miami game uh, mid-January. Well, if anybody knows about not scoring, it's me, <laughs> okay. so Steve. I'll, help. I'll let you know how it goes. Joe Girard will attempt blank amount of shots. Oof. 14. I got him for 16. I had him at 17. Wow, that was... Uh... This we are not matching today. No, but this We're one... We're close. We're this close. This one... 
has got people thinking Judamints has all of a sudden become a lottery pick, so have fun with this one. Judamints will hit blank amount of threes in this game. I'll give him one. He's probably, uh, maybe two. Let's go two. Oh, you had me matched. Oh, I got him at two. I had him at, I had him at two. Oh, yes. I don't believe what I just saw. I, I tell you what, the... The success that he's had of late, the fact he's made his last six, I think he's, he's going to take a few more now. He probably has the green light, to use the phrase from Mario. He, he probably has the green light to take a few more. So You, you said that a lot smoother than Mario did. I'm with, uh, I'm with Matt on this. I, I think he's going to make two. All right. Last one for you, Matt. If Syracuse loses to Pitt, the straight of the program will be blank. The what of the program? The state of the whole basketball program will be blank. I heard a good one last night. I want to match with Probably exactly as it is right now. I had the same. That's, I, that's what I was going to say. The same. I State was of the going program to say, is the same. I was going to say shambles. It's in <laughs> shambles. I saw that one last night and loved it. I don't believe what I just saw. I don't believe what I just saw. All right, Matt. Good stuff. Thank well you done. for playing along. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. All right, you, you as too. well, Matt. All right. Didn't even tell him to shut up or he was dumb. That was fun. So that was a win I for like us the, all. I do like the match game. That is fun. It's the same questions every time. I know. The fact that you had to pull up your script last time, you're like, hang on, I hang had to on. Do it this hang time. on, I got to find my questions. Uh, oh, okay. Who's going to lead them in scoring? I thought the state of the program would be shambles, rock bottom. If they lose this one game, I don't think it's going to change. Steve, have you not been paying attention? To the rock over dramatization. It's not over. rock bottom either. We know that. It's meh. It's five hundred. Meh. 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 All right. Uh, let's take a timeout. We got John Ryan coming up in about fifteen minutes. We can get back to more of your phone calls if you'd like. Uh, we have more sound to play from the Jim Beheim show. Maybe we'll bring Jordan in as well. The state of the program is so bad, Steve. How bad is it? It's in the shambles. I don't know why I like that. It's not even funny. I know. Yes, it is. It's hysterical. Because, like, I don't even know what shambles means. But it's funny because my mom, my bedroom as a child was in shambles. shambles. Yes. Yes. Quite frequently. Yes. When I was parading around the house in my underwear, my bedroom was in shambles, Steve. Your underoos? Yes. uh, Shambles. A state of total disorder. Shambles. Shambles. Who was that? That was the the Google dictionary lady. Uh, my wife just texted me. She's driving home. She just texted me the word shambles. <laughs> that was my guess, too. <laughs> so there you go. You match with Kim. There. All right. Things are so bad, they're in shambles. All right. We'll hit a timeout here. 315-437-7644. Should we Watch. do a secret word of the day like they did at Pee Wee's Playhouse? <laughs> like if somebody had called in and said shambles, we'd give them a prize? All right. Go ahead. Send us a break. Do your job. Sure. We can do that. That, that sounds like a, a July segment. Uh, all right. We'll hit a timeout. We're back after this on ESPN Radio.